to another episode. We are sitting down for our first in-person episode. We're really excited. We are covering the book, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski. Nagoski? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Amelia, her sister. So we have been reading this over the past month, and this is our next book that we're going to cover for our third book club. And we're super excited. It's a very good book. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of information to take in. So if you get the chance to, like, after listening to this and you want to go read the book, please do because it does have so much really important crucial information that will help you just overall live a better life. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's basically for women, and it talks about just the burden that we carry with society's expectations. It talks about patriarchy. It talks about all of those things and just the stress and the overwhelm and feelings that we carry on a day-to-day basis and how it can just weigh so heavy on us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to try to get into as much of the information that it shares as possible. But again, there is a lot. So we're only going to cover the things that really stuck out to us. Yes. And hopefully you can kind of do your own mm-hmm. your own research to get, get more information on it. But Yeah. So if you're listening, we hope that you read the book. If not, a lot is still important, really good information that you can just follow along and, and listen while we go through the chapter. Should we start with chapter one? Yeah, sure. All right, let's dive in. Yeah, so chapter one talks about completing the stress cycle. And so first, I think we need to kind of <laughs> explain what the stress cycle is. So as we all know, kind of what feelings of stress feels like, but the stress cycle is how you move through that stress mm-hmm. and how you allow your body to recover from whatever stressful events is happening to you. Mm-hmm. And so the book talks about the difference between stress and the stressor. So the stress is what you are feeling when your body is triggered. But it can be like for work, mm-hmm. kids, family, your, you know, just everyday routine maybe. And there's some stress that is inevitable you can't get away from. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can combat stress and take care of yourself and relax. And we'll get into that later in the, in the book mm-hmm. too. Right. Yeah. And so all of those things that Sydney just shared, you know, school, work, <laughs> family, those are all the stressors. Those are all the things creating these feelings in your body. And then the stress is, you know, having a hypersensitive awareness, being anxious, feeling overwhelmed. And that's how your stress is showing up in your mind and in your body. So it's, I think it's important to kind of trying to figure out the difference between those mostly because some of the stressors that you have in your life are inevitable and we can't get rid of them or go around them and so learning how to deal with the stress related to those stressors is what's going to help us to be able to move through those things Mm -hmm. yeah and in the book it talks about stress and for most of us we acknowledge stress we know what stress feels like like joseph mentioned but a lot of us are like okay the stressor is gone and we're good. We can just move on with life. And until you close or complete that stress cycle, you're not actually moving through that or like processing those emotions. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll dive into like what closing the stress cycle looks like. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of going to be the topic of conversation yes. for this whole book because it kind of explains how stress just keeps popping up and the different reasons why we feel stress. And we'll talk about you know, the patriarchy and <laughs> everything. And as women, we all feel stress in different ways, but it manifests in our bodies in pretty similar ways. It shows up in pretty similar ways. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's why we're talking about this book is through every season, we all experience stress and how do we take care of ourselves? And that might look different with every season, mm -hmm. but it talks about like pillars of taking care of ourselves and relaxation, like working out, getting enough sleep, connecting with other people, not isolating. And that might look different for everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so continuing on with, you know, how, what, what is the stress cycle? How do we complete it? There's lots of different things that we can do, most of which you probably have heard, and it's going to sound redundant, but, you know, physical exercise, like, there's a reason people say to be healthier, you got to exercise, you got to move your body in some way. And there's a few more, I guess we can start with that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having the physical activity of moving your body through something is literally telling and cueing your brain that you are okay. Yes. Like, if you are stuck... You know, you're not telling your body and your mind that you are okay in that, that situation. Yes, yeah. that you're safe. Yeah. And so by moving your body, you're allowing it to work through the mm -hmm. cycle and allow those feelings to move literally through and out your body, mm -hmm. which tells your brain that you are in fact safe. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it can sound redundant too, but it's like those things too of you don't maybe have the energy sometimes to work out. You're really stressed. You're really overwhelmed. You're like, I already had a busy day. And then when you go to a workout and you leave, you usually leave feeling really good. Mm -hmm. And that is because like in those moments of stress, your body is in fight or flight mode. You're like, I don't feel safe. I am so overwhelmed and you're experiencing all these emotions. And then during a workout, you actually have that like, the time and the space to really like calm your body down mm -hmm. and your body is like focused on doing movement and doing this exercise. And that, like Joel said, cues your brain and it's like, okay, I'm safe. I'm able to relax. I'm able to just move. Mm -hmm. And that's why I know it's redundant. Like we talked mm -hmm. about that. That's why exercise is so important. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just continuing from that, you know, it's, a reminder that your body has survived whatever threats that day, you know, all these stressors telling you like you can't get through this or mm -hmm. you're overwhelmed. And if you're able to put attention into doing something for your body, like exercising or even eating food or whatever it is, that's telling you that you're in a safe enough place mm -hmm. to be able to move through those things. Yeah. And there was a story in a book of that woman who didn't want to hate exercise mm -hmm. and so what do we do when we don't want to exercise <laughs> what are those alternatives yeah and so I mean some other ways they talk about different ways to move your body so it's not necessarily like what we imagine exercise be going to the gym lifting weights running right you go on a walk right you could go for a walk you could do deep breaths you could do like stretching or meditation yoga right yeah yep. just any way to move your body yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to be like this hardcore intense thing that like just seems daunting. Mm -hmm. It's whatever feels right for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just doing, doing whatever it is that makes your, your body feel, feel good. Feel good. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. You want to keep yeah. going on the rest so of the That's pretty much like, that's the stress cycle, a little bit of an intro on that and kind of how to close it, what to do for that. And then we'll kind of dive into it's the next chapter. Well, the next chapter kind of talks a little bit more about persisting. But I feel like, I almost feel like this will be a good spot kind of to talk about 
like social interaction too and how that can also help complete the stress cycle mm, yeah so uh, basically if you think about it it's like when you're interacting with other people you are usually and you enjoy these people that you're with <laughs> you're, you're laughing you're talking and in that sense you're also moving your body it doesn't seem like what we would initially think about when we say like move our body but we are like physically interacting with other people mm -hmm. we're laughing we're engaging we're leaning towards each other yeah. and thinking about like what i like looking back and the moments where i felt the most stressed and have felt the worst like the worst in those moments is when i'm so like when i'm self-isolating when i'm not with mm -hmm. other people when i'm not moving my body when i'm just staying stagnant because that's that allows your anxious thoughts to creep in and that allows the anxiety to just build and build and build in your body. And where is that being released? Where is that outlet? And that can be in connection. It doesn't have to be in like intense workouts. It can be mm -hmm. going for a walk with friends. It can mm -hmm. be like just talking on the phone with a friend, like any outlet is really important. Yeah. So that's a good segue into the second chapter of talking about persisting and just kind of how you know, we can feel really frustrated and helpless and hopeless, but surrounding ourselves with people who care about us can help us to work through those things, you know, make us feel less alone and less isolated, as Sydney was saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. building an overall healthy environment. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's a bunch of different ways that this can look differently for people too. Like some people might not love physical affection others might need like that 20 second hug or you know multiple kisses throughout the day from their their partner um so just figuring out what works best for you mm -hmm. is really important and knowing that it's not going to look the same as like maybe how your best friend yeah needs it yeah and that's what we're used to is comparing and oh it looks this it looks this way for this person so maybe i should it talks in the book, like, drink 10 green smoothies a day and I'll feel a lot better. But it might not look that way. It might look like you drink two green smoothies mm -hmm. and your friend and drinks 10 and that <laughs> works for you guys. And you'll know. You'll know when it's showing up in your body and you're feeling healthier and the ways that you're taking care of yourself in those small moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that you can do, and I guess we're going to kind of jump around these chapters a little bit here because they all kind of interlace with one another. But another thing that you can do to kind of work through the cycle besides moving your body and engaging with other people is finding some sort of sense of meaning in your life. Mm -hmm. And typically that comes along with being creative and doing creative things like making things or, you know, like making dinner and you can find meaning in that of like you're mm -hmm. nurturing yourself and those in your family. Mm -hmm. That has been such a, um, Probably finally, yeah. <laughs> and it's just those small things that you look forward to. Like I love looking forward to like cooking. Yeah, like getting excited about like I found this new recipe I want to try, and like you said, like learning a new thing. Like I've always wanted to learn how to crochet, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. small things are like people make homemade candles. Yes, I just did that like two weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, you need to touch me out. Oh, it's actually so much easier than you think. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's no, same. You're right. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I mean, just, and it's going to look different and you're going to, again, it's going to change with time. Like you're going to get into hobbies and stuff that you genuinely like really mm -hmm. love in that moment. And then you're going to get bored of them. And you're going to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And even finding like 
new ways to stick with that, I think is really important too. Yeah. It's yeah. a trial and an error. Mm-hmm. I used to like not like working out and I realized it was the exercises that I was doing that I wasn't enjoying. Mm-hmm. So my husband loves powerlifting and that's great for him. It's awesome. I would go to the gym with him and like do those exercises and do like heavy weights. And it was fun, but it wasn't something that I like looked forward to all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I felt like was perfect in like my body or made me feel the best. Um, cause I saw it making him feel the best. Yeah. And so it was trial and error of like trying that, trying like running and more cardio. And then I have really loved yoga for the past few years. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that I really enjoy. And so like we talked about, like it doesn't have to look the same for everyone and it might be something that you try and you don't enjoy and then like try something new and you'll mm-hmm. find those things that feel the best for for you individually right yeah my friend and i just decided to take up these there's like this little community center nearby okay. and they have like all these different art classes that you like you pay like 20 oh, 30 dollars for the class and yeah. then you get to make like different things like one of them was like a pottery class another one's like this mosaic picture frame class <laughs> and so we're deciding like in the winter months leading up to like the holidays and stuff we're gonna start doing more crafty things okay as it's getting colder out yeah. and um you know finding like meaning in that though too because we're gonna be giving these things that we're making like away for like gifts and things and, yeah you know and you can get you can get creative with being creative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of gifts, and this is just maybe a segueing into, we read a lot about like human giver syndrome mm-hmm. and human mm-hmm. beings. And I think that would be something that's important to talk about too. So a lot of women, it talks in the book, are human givers. So basically we carry a lot of the weight of needing to make other people feel good, not prioritizing our needs, just being a giver. Like we know what that is, like we just give and give and give until we can't give anymore. And that shows up in relationships and friendships in motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like most men are human beings, but I think that's like where the patriarchy lies is like we have been like kind of programmed as women to be like givers and stay at home and make the food and take care of the children and mm-hmm. men are like just human beings. They live their life. And that's kind of, and something's coming up for me too. Cause I, I don't know you're going to be so dumb. <laughs> I saw a TikTok this morning and it was this woman who like went on to, she had like gotten a lot of comments on her video because mm-hmm. she talked about how she stayed home from her daughter's doctor's appointment and her dad went like the, the her husband dead. yeah went to the appointment with their child and the comments were just like so rude like why didn't you go with her mm-hmm. and then it's like the roles are reversed right. and the dad stays home no one questions it mm-hmm. and i think that's just where this whole thing lies is the patriarchy like we are human givers and there's human beings there's human givers and and going to be important if the whole world was human givers, but that's not the case. So mm-hmm. we're combating that too as women. Right. And then also we find ourselves, because we're so used to playing this role of being a, a human giver, that when we notice even other women that are trying to like separate themselves mm-hmm. from that feeling of being a human giver, we almost like, I don't know if the right words like attack them, but we make them feel bad yeah. for not... Yeah doing the things that we feel like we also have to do. I know. And so we're just also 
like continuing this idea that women are supposed to be this way or behave this way, mm-hmm. even though we don't like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was what she was saying too. She's like, he was more than happy to take our daughter to the mm-hmm. appointment. Like, why is it so ingrained in us and programmed? And most of the comments were from women. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those are probably same women who are like, it's, you know, we are expected to do so much. And then it's just this, like, we have these feelings. Mm-hmm. So, and that's normal when society has told us for so long that we're supposed to be like human givers and give. And I will note, like, an important thing with human beings is they expect things from human givers. Mm -hmm. Like, they're so used to getting. And I think that's where people-pleasing comes into, of, like, all these people around you. If you've been a people-pleaser for so long, they're going to just probably keep expecting you to to do these things. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a shift in my life when I stopped. Like, I would say I'm still kind of a people-pleaser, but not to the extent I was in people around me who were like human beings and like expected these things were like, yeah, what's this shift? Let's um, <laughs> change. Yeah. And then all just the guilt that comes mm-hmm. with that. Like you, you're just trying to care for yourself and yet you feel like so guilty and selfish for doing that. Yeah. But you, you can't, you can't do it all. No. You can't care for yourself and care for everyone else. So how do we rest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, the book goes into what it means to, like, quote-unquote, rest. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the importance of sleep, and there's not necessarily, like, too much thing at, or it's too, too much, much sleep. <laughs> there's not necessarily, like, the sense of too much sleep. I mean, if you're getting more than 10 hours of sleep and you're feeling tired still, that probably means you slept too long, you slept too long but mm-hmm. probably for some underlying reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I go through those all the time. Yes. Like over-functioning and then... And there's a reason you do this. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I tell all of my clients all the time, and like you're over-functioning and then you're going to hit a wall and you're going to under-function because you're so burnt out. And I've been experiencing this for like months. Like, I'll over-function, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh, my God, I am so tired. And then I'll, like, sleep too much, and I'll feel, like, lack of motivation. And it's because you hit that wall, you hit that burnout, and now you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I have no more energy to give. Yep. To even, like, the things that make me happy. Right, right. Yeah, and so the book talks about how you need to spend 42% of your time resting. And that sounds... <laughs> like a lot but basically what it breaks down to is 10 hours of your day you're supposed to be resting and this doesn't mean sleeping this means like maybe eight hours of sleeping and then the other two hours are spent with active resting is what they call it so working out it doesn't seem like that's resting but that's actually allowing your body to move through the stress cycle and calm itself down it's bringing your nervous system back to that homeostatic point and that's what we call like active resting Mm -hmm. so while you might not like (laughs) initially think that that is resting it is and so you know social interactions cooking food Mm -hmm. being creative all of these things that we have been talking about that help unlock the stress cycle those are forms of either just resting or active Mm -hmm. resting that can help you yeah so really paying attention to how you can force that yeah, into your life. I know. 
And I think it's hard too. I mean, just speaking from my experience, I think it's hard because if you're really focused on like completing all of your tasks and just being so stressed and overwhelmed for like me at work, mm-hmm. like the last thing I want to come home and do is acting rest. Mm-hmm. But it's like on those days where I like just get your ass yeah. to the gym or get your ass outside, mm-hmm. you feel so much better. Literally me last night. <laughs> I would, I'm not even kidding. It was like 8.30 at night. And normally I'm like, I sung at the gym. <laughs> she was, this girl was at the gym at like 8.30 at 9 o'clock. She was in like a baby hoodie. Uh-huh. A little guy in a pink sweatpants. Yeah, I was like red and pink. What? Who who let me leave the house in ways I don't know, but anyway. It looked like you were like, basically, and I'm like, you're getting out of the house, you're not changing, you're just going. Yeah. And you made it. How did you feel after? Amazing. Yeah, it really did. No, I, I, and I was in a pretty bad mood. I was feeling so overwhelmed, tired, stressed. You said normally you go to bed. Yeah, normally I'm in bed by like 8.30. And I'm like, you know, doing my little nighttime routine, drinking my tea, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm asleep by hopefully like 9.30. Like that's what I it's just strive for, that's right? Wild. I think I need to be better. <laughs> I'm in bed by like 11. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And so that, that's what my dilemma was last night. It's like, okay, I, need, I know I need sleep, but I'm also stressed and anxious. And if I don't go do this right now, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. Yeah. Because I'm too elevated. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to go do something so that I can sleep better. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's trial and error. It's trying to figure out what works for you. Each day is going to be different. You're doing a bajillion things. And I want you to talk about, because you have done so much like research on this. And I think that's important to talk about. It's not in the book, but you're when you're on your period. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about that. Yeah, we should. Because. I think we could do a whole other episode. I know. And so we'll just touch on it today. Yeah. But I think that's a good a thing to talk about in terms of like it's gonna look different every day. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, yeah, how can I do this when I have this short little period? But so basically, your different as, phases. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have different phases of your cycle, and your what that means, like of your menstrual cycle. Yeah. What that means is that your hormones are fluctuating, which changes how your body feels and how your mind's feeling. So you know that's why sometimes we feel more irritable mm-hmm. and we're cramping and you know we we're not feeling our greatest yeah. and it's harder to get through the day and to manage those different things but the more you learn about your cycle and what helps you get through those things yeah. like intuitive eating making mm-hmm. sure you're drinking enough water mm-hmm. working out but doing less intense workouts when you're on your period yeah there's there's a whole other world of that that can help you and if you don't feel up for an intense workout or you don't feel up for going to the gym you're not lazy Mm -hmm. you can go for a walk you can do things to still move your body yes but i think there's a shame and a guilt that comes from not feeling great Mm -hmm. either and having to do like more low intensity workouts and not feeling like you're doing enough. And that is so linked and tied to just our daily life. Like right. never feeling like we're doing enough, no matter mm-hmm. how much we're doing. So taking care of yourself during your phases are gonna feel different, they're gonna look different. Mm-hmm. One week you might have like the most high intensity workouts, and the next <laughs> you're like, I wanna go lay on my back yep. at the gym and do stretches. And that's great. You're yep. still moving your body. Mm-hmm. Yes, and just meeting yourself where you're at that day, mm-hmm. not pushing yourself further. Like, yes, you may need a little push per se and 
encouraging yourself to go and do these things. Yeah. But they don't have to be this crazy, intense, strict thing that you hold yourself to. Because like, that's every day I'm going to do this. this yeah. Time. You're going to burn out yeah. if you do that. You're yeah. going to burn out and try not to burn out if you do that. Or you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Yes. Because things change. Your body changes. Your daily stressors change. Mm -hmm. You can still complete the stress cycle and take care of yourself and relax without it needing to be this strict regimen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could, again, I could go on forever about this. Well, I think it's one get back to it. Yeah. So. Okay. So uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about the chapter seven. I'm just jumping around here. Oh, that's good. Chapter seven is about like what makes you stronger. And so I think we all have heard the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And while I used to be like, that used to be my favorite quote. I'm not even kidding. That pisses me off. <laughs> It used to be my favorite quote, and yes, now it's just... I just hate the idea that going through things makes you more resilient and strong because, yes, maybe it does to a certain extent, but it's also something that, like, you don't choose some things that you have to go through, mm -hmm. and you don't choose some daily stressors that you have to overcome. And while it might make you strong, it also makes you more burnt out and stressed, mm -hmm. and it adds to your plate. And... I just hate the whole. It doesn't count. It's yeah. just stronger. Well, the book talks about how the reason why this is kind of like, and I guess the quote itself is flawed, is because it's not the thing that is killing you or not killing you. It's the rest afterwards that was what makes you stronger. So it's like, you're not whatever trauma you've gone through you know that thing doesn't define you it's the aftermath it's how you get through it how you process through it how you let your body rest and recover mm -hmm. that makes you stronger that's all on you and i feel like that quote was really linked to like perseverance yes. and pushing through mm -hmm. and so you know when you were younger you're like oh does it kill me it's a stronger i'm just gonna I just got to push through it. I got to keep going. I got to keep functioning at this level. Mm -hmm. And we weren't taught to rest, to take care of ourselves. No. And that's part of the human Yes. And again, feeling guilty for resting mm -hmm. because we're so passionate and committed to helping other people. Mm -hmm. Ugh. And I wrote down this quote and I wanted to, I wrote it in my phone last night or like me and my, as she was finishing the book. <laughs> oh yeah as i was finishing the book i like to like one but i'm like it's been a lot i've been like i just finished my job or quit my like one job yesterday and, but we yeah we're here for a new thing i am going job. yeah i'm gonna be at a new clinic so that's exciting but i think like throughout this whole like reading this book i remember i posted it and one of my friends had Message me and she's like, this book changed my life. And I think it's just in a way, it like it just recognizes the stress and the burdens that we have to carry. Mm -hmm. I think through big transitional parts in our lives, like me going to a new job and like just things like that, I think you're still expected to do it all and you still expect yourself to do it all. And I have not taken moments for myself to rest. And it was the same thing two nights ago. I was like, I have so much work to do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take an hour. I'm going to go to a yoga class. I'm going to just take time for myself. And that just improved my mood. It reduced my stress. And I was able to come back to what needed to be done with a clearer head, with 
more energy to give to it. And I think that's just like a, just, I don't know, it's just so important. And I know it's kind of jumping to like making meaning in our lives and that part of yeah. the book. So the quote that like stuck out to me when I was finishing the book last night said, meaning is not made by the terrible things you experienced. It is made by the ways you survive. And I think that's something that's important to talk about because the quote you said before, which doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Yeah. And the meaning in your life and the ways in which you get through it, it's not made by those terrible experiences. It's the way that you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the environments that you're in. It's the ways that you survive those things that make you resilient. It's the rest, like you said, the rest that you take. Mm -hmm. And the chapter about meaning talked about there's something larger than yourself that gets you through these experiences, these moments. And it's typically the ways in which you survive that creates the meaning and the larger something. Mm -hmm. And so... The larger something is something that lives inside of you. I do, I, I'm realizing I do have a quote from this chapter. It says, but no matter what forces oppose you, whether it's human giver syndrome or natural disasters or personal loss, nothing can stand between you and your something larger. Mm -hmm. And that I think just kind of ties it up of yeah. like, no matter what you're going through, no matter how intense the stress is, if you have found or dedicated the time to figure out what's important to you and what you value most, you're going to be able to make meaning of that situation and work through it. Mm -hmm. Did you think about where something larger was? Oh boy. That's a, <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's, I think I have a something larger in different aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. I think what stood out to me, no one becomes a therapist because they've had this like picture perfect life. I don't think they've got past. <laughs> they go through things and I wouldn't be a therapist today if I haven't gone through those things. Right. Getting my job is a huge thing that gives me meaning. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, I wouldn't say like what gives my job meaning now is the terrible things that I went through mm -hmm. as a child or even as an adult. I think it's like the lives that I'm able to touch and impact now the things that I'm able to do in my job, the ways that I survived them and like healing and growth, the journey that I've gone on mm -hmm. to get to this point. It's right. my life meaning. Yeah. That's what stood out to me. And that's yeah. kind of what tied into like the quote that I had talked For about. Sure. Yes. Yes. I, I a hundred percent I'm on board with yes. that. Yeah. I think I can definitely relate to that myself. And I think too, it seems it seems hypocritical of us that we're like, oh, human behavior syndrome. And then with our professions, we're literally like, <laughs> but within that, like, we are channeling that energy into something good that we can feel good about. So instead of feeling guilty, yeah. you know, we can put that, what we've learned into something and make, make mm -hmm. something of it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think too, as therapists, you're probably a human giver, you're probably a people pleaser, but I think also just speaking from my experience, like throughout all of this, I learned how to set healthy boundaries with myself, with other people. I've learned things and I've learned how to take care of myself. And yes, while I still really care about my clients and I really care about the people in my life, I would say I'm at a point now where I do prioritize the wants and needs of myself. Mm -hmm. And that is getting away from human giver. And I'm able to give in my job, I'm able to be present in my job. But I come home and I'm with myself, I'm with my family, and mm -hmm. I'm able to compartmentalize. And that is part of just getting away from like just needing to give and give and give. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be that way in my internship. 
I would go outside and work with clients and I need like I could not compartmentalize. I'd come home, it would stick mm-hmm. with me, it would stick with my mood. I think about the stories I've heard all day long. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just a perfect example of just being in the heat of human giver syndrome yeah. and not being able to to separate those things. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like this is all kind of linked to we've mentioned the patriarchy a couple of times. We haven't really gone too far into that because it's a sore subject for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. People think, well, patriarchy, and they're like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about it because, one, we're encouraged to ignore it and yeah. pretend like it doesn't exist, even though it influences every little thing that we do in our lives. And, and everything society does. Mm-hmm. And people think, like, oh, if you're talking about the patriarchy or some hardcore feminists and you don't like men, and that is not true. No, it's not, not true. true. It's just reality. Mm-hmm. You look back to the 1950s, 1960s, heat of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Women are staying home, men were going to work, and that's just, you know, I think it has, there has been a shift to men being more present at home. And But, I mean, you look at a majority of families, there's still traditional roles. Mm-hmm. It's still showing up. It's still showing up in people's lives, and people are commenting, like, why are you not going to your daughter's doctor's appointment? You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> You're both um, parents. Yeah. And that, like, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting that I think we're told to ignore the patriarchy and that's mm-hmm. really gaslighting us into believing that, like, trying to make us believe that it's not real or it's not prevalent right. today. And it still very much is. Right. Yeah. And we'll, we, we'll end up going into the whole thing about gaslighting. But, yes. <laughs> and I guess also I want to acknowledge, too, like, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this too at some point, but the patriarchy doesn't just like hinder women and our ability and anyone who's not a male, like mm-hmm. transgender, yeah. any other gender identities, but also men are required to act a certain way too. And yeah. so like the patriarchy is against all of us. Like, Well, it's the thing that you look at more like equal households, I would say in terms of like doing the tests and dipping up roles mm-hmm. and like there's... And, oh, this just came up for me recently. It's a little bit like a personal tidbit, but I got married in June and I kept my last name. That was something that's very important to me, keeping my last name. Mm -hmm. It's something that I will just do for, I don't know. I don't know when I have kids. I don't know what will change, but I think everyone looked at me like, why are you not changing your last name? Like, that's really weird. And then I had mentioned like, my husband and I had briefly talked that maybe he would change his last name. Holy shit. Everyone was like, what the fuck? Why? That's so weird. And it's not that my husband had a problem with it. It's the fact of how would, how would people perceive that? Mm-hmm. And that is a perfect example of it affecting everyone. If people's opinions were not a factor or society's expectations were not a factor, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. It would be normal. Yeah, and this this book, again, there's so much information. My takeaways from this book is that there are many things that are going to help us work through our stress and get through the intensity that life brings. And one of them is finding connection with the people that you care about, finding meaning in your life, which we didn't really touch on, but the book does does it's talk about it. And having that autonomy for your own life and figuring out what 
what you want to do with it. All right, guys. Well, we had a lot that we wanted to talk about, and this book dives into so many different things. And if you get the chance to read through it, I think it'd be just really helpful for your overall wellness. And remembering that, oh, I think there was a quote that I wanted to say about that. Wellness is not a state of being, but it's a state of action. And so if you want to take action on your wellness, a good step is reading this book because it, yeah. it really does outline a lot of the different things that you can do to just be a better you. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about, um, you know, a main concept throughout this book is patriarchy. And we'll talk about that in a later episode. We feel like it's not something that can be touched on. It's something that we kind of want to dedicate a whole, um, episode to kind of like interweaving what we talked about in this episode with like body image and expectations and like how people you know, expect us to show up in the world. And so that'll be a whole nother, another topic, but we really encourage you to read the book if you haven't. Thank you for following along and listening. If you did read the book, we hope you liked it. And our next book club session will be released um, early December. Mm -hmm. We're going to read Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. It's such a good book. It's um, it's pretty, I would say, lighthearted. Mm -hmm. So like there's moments where it's, you know, sad or heavy, but it's, you know, overall like it has a good meaning behind it and it just follows this therapist and her journey being a therapist and I think it can tie heavily into the human giver syndrome mm -hmm. and being a therapist or being you know a people pleaser in your life like how that can weigh on you and how you can kind of combat that with just like the steps we talked about taking care of yourself relaxing finding connection and on all of those different things so thank you guys for listening and we will check in and reconnect Next week, we're going to talk about some misused words and language in our profession that we've heard. And one of those that we touched on in this episode is gaslighting. Mm -hmm. So listen to that. And yeah, if you want to listen to our next book club episode, it'll be next month. See you guys.